Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Zach Wilson's time again, isn't it? This is the Rich Eisen Show. It's a red alert. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Zach Wilson looking lost. Like my 10-year-old trying to solve a problem put forth by Professor Oppenheimer. That's the way it looks sometimes (laughs) for him operating this offense. The Rich Eisen Show. Earlier on the show, NBC Sports Boston Patriots insider Tom Curran, Pro Football Hall of Famer Warren Sapp. Coming up, ESPN NFL analyst Lewis Riddick. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Good times already here on this program. In hour number one, we had a great chat with Tom Curran about the state of the 0-2 Patriots taking on the Jets this week in a huge AFC East tilt. We also had a great chat with Warren Sapp uh, about what's going on in the NFL and his time uh, hanging out with the Colorado Buffaloes. Uh, If you missed any of that and all of the conversations that we've had about Nick Chubb and what the Browns might be able to do or should do, uh, we re-air right here on the Roku channel, channel 210. There's our YouTube feed as well, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show, the Rich Eisen Show collection page, which is part of our relationship with the Roku channel, which is free on all Roku devices, select Samsung, Smart TV. It's free on Amazon Fire TV. It's free on the app because the Roku channel's on it. The Roku channel.com free as well. Uh, Susie Schuster and Amy Trask are hanging out in our green room right now, getting ready to tape the latest episode of the What the Football podcast. Ian Rappaport is their guest. As soon as that is done recording, it'll go up on your uh, where you get all podcasts to be acquired. Also uh, on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. And they will ask Ian about what happened to Nick Chubb and what the Browns might do and what the Colts might do with Jonathan Taylor two weeks from now with the Browns being interested. Joe Burrow's readiness. There is so much going on now that week two is in the books. Uh, that's What the Football with Susie and Amy later on today. Our Overreaction Monday podcast Chris Brockman and I did yesterday. Please check yes, that out as well, uh, where all podcasts can be acquired. And joining us right now, fresh back from the booths in Carolina, Monday Night Football, great listen and watch with him and uh, and uh, Orlovsky and our friend Chris Fowler, and then fresh back with Mark Jones from the booth in Boulder, two highly watched games over the weekend, <laughs> is our friend from the worldwide leader in sports, Lewis Riddick, back here on the program. Good to see you, Lewis. What's up, man? How are you? Look, Lewis, you have been to many a football stadium in your life, in your career, in your many uh, jobs. Uh, yeah. First time Lil Wayne's come out with a team, Lewis? First time? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I, haven't, I, haven't see, I haven't seen that before. Okay. Yeah. So that's new. It was new for me. New for me as yeah, well. It, you know, new for me as well. What was it? What's, what's it like to be in a production conversation meeting with Deion Sanders, Lewis? What's it's that actually, like? Um, it's very informative it's look Dion's. I'm, I'm i'm very comfortable talking to him obviously rich because i've been around him before as a teammate and someone who i've stayed in contact with and you you know how he is i mean he was out there at nfl network for all those years he's he, he very much so wants to be taken very serious about what he's trying to get done out there in colorado it's not there's there's no showmanship there's no primetime Dion when he's in a production meeting. He's all about business. He's all about trying to inform you about why he's involved in coaching, how he's trying to positively impact kids, how he's trying to affect change in Colorado and Boulder, what he's done to build up what really is a darn good staff that has a lot of football intelligence, football experience, football intellect on it. 
what he has envisioned for the future as far as how he thinks he needs to improve this football team. And he was very open and honest about all that. And he also wanted to talk about, you know, how he's trying to affect the future of prospective black head coaches in college football and how that's that's something that really means a lot to him. And he's hoping that the way in which he is now going about his business and how, and the results that he's getting opens people's eyes up to maybe different ways of of perceiving people who don't necessarily fit into a certain box. Like in, in that everyone should not be, you know, forced to kind of conform to certain ideals in terms of the how you express yourself and have that be something that really works against you as far as your overall competency and your ability to get the job done. Because Dion style, as we all know, is something we ain't never seen before. And people are uncomfortable with that. A lot of people are uncomfortable with that. And he's hoping that people do get comfortable with it because in the end, there's two, there's kind of like two, there's two sides to him. There's the showman side, the marketing side, the guy who is just as charismatic and whose star burns as, as hot as the sun. And then there's the old school guy who holds these kids accountable in a very, very old school way that all of us are very accustomed to who grew up in our era and who played football at any level in our era. And I'm telling you, that is something that if you went and watched him conduct a meeting, watched him conduct practice and how he walks around that facility, you would see he is, does not play any BS around there. And kids toe the line. And he is trying to coach them in that way and coach them in that way both on and off the field. And that's very, very important for him to make sure that that message gets out there and that it is crystal clear. Because I, I think some people kind of look at him and look at how brash and how confident he is, and they get put off by that, and they automatically <laughs> jump to the conclusion, well, he couldn't be a coach. He could never hold anybody you know, accountable. He could never you know, run a tight ship and keep people wrong, wrong, wrong. He can, and he is. You know, and 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 he... I told him this when he was on the show Friday, Lewis, and and, and again, because I know him, it is mystifying to me. He's in his fourth decade or 40th year of being viewed um, as flashy and all about himself when that's a persona to basically market. And right. how and, and so the fact that people are still misconstruing him or um, looking at him as if he's unserious I, yeah. I, I can't, it, it just mystifies me. And you said that it makes people uncomfortable because aren't we looking for coaches in this day and age? When I say ask Andy Reid when he came on the program just before the beginning of the season, like how are you relating to this generation of player? You know, why, why, why is that a legitimate question, which I think it is for Andy Reid and, and some people who might agree with that ascribe Dion a sense of unseriousness when he's clearly – completely in tune with this yeah. generation while as you point out as old school as ever what why do you think and i'll ask you this even though i kind of know the answer why do you think it makes people uncomfortable lewis because <laughs> because it does and because people it's it, that's not the way they expect or want it to quote unquote look like because that's not what they're used to because quite honestly rich Long after we're gone and my kids are in my position and their kids' kids are in their position, there will be these biases that exist towards certain people who do things a certain way that will be passed down, meaning these biases from generation to generation. And I don't think it'll ever go away in, in its total in totality. Now, will it lessen maybe as the generations continue to advance? And kids become much more open-minded to a way of doing things that maybe the people of our generation are not. And I see that in the generation after us. I mean, I, I have kids who are who are you know past college age, who are about to be college age, who are about to be high school age, who look at things much differently, much differently. Who are much more open-minded to like they look at Dion and they go, "Yeah, I like that. Mm. I would love to play for someone like that. I'd love to be around something like that." And while at the same time, as I say to him too, and I say to anybody else who would be considering whether or not to send their send their kid to be coached by him, but don't get it twisted now. It is not all fun and games and flash and dash and, and, and jewelry and glasses and hoodies now. 
he will get in your rear end in a in a serious way in terms of holding you accountable, which is I think it's it's exactly what you're looking for, Rich, right? You're looking for someone who understands, hey, be yourself, have fun, express yourself, market yourself. We're all in this world, whether it be you know when you get to college and beyond, we're all in this world to try and make a life for ourselves and make a life for ourselves as grandiose as possible, depending upon what your individual goals are. And Dion has talked about that extensively going all the way back to his days in college, why he even came up, came up with the whole moniker of prime time. And it was for a purpose. And he does not try to keep anyone from doing that. As a matter of fact, he encourages people to do that. But he also understands the value of doing it the right way, treating people the right way, towing the line the right way, understanding what hard work means and how it will keep you on the straight and narrow and keep you continually reaching for higher and higher goals. That you know, that's and that's one of the reasons why, like when we asked him, and he said this before, why he said he he doesn't want to coach in the pros. Mm-hmm. He people go, well, you you seem like a natural fit to want to coach in the NFL, the biggest thing. He's like, no, no, no. Not at all. He goes, I, I, you think I really want to be bothered with someone who's making all this money but don't want to put in the work? You think I'm going to put up with that? Me? <laughs> it was, and he said, no. I can affect these kids in a positive way because they actually want to listen. So, and you- so it, it's uh, – yeah, his, his way of going about it, it's not like everything else that you typically see amongst the most successful college coaches both now and in the past. And they're just our old traditionalists for whatever – well, we, we know what some of the reasons are that will never accept his way of going about it, and some that will. And there are some eyes that are being opened, and people are going to be forced to reconsider, man. They I, just are. I agree. And and last one for you on this, and then we'll turn to the actual X's and O's in football on this subject, and then what you saw last night on Monday Night Football, Lewis Riddick here on the Rich Eisen Show. You were so eloquent on this subject matter, which is a testament to your uh, ability as a broadcaster, Lewis, that you could do this in between snaps for crying out loud of a game. Yeah. But were you surprised Jay Norvell went there with Dion, knowing um, knowing what we've just discussed? He has to know what we've just discussed, or is he just winding his players up for a rivalry game, Lewis? You know whether or not he was winding his players up or not. I said this, I believe, during the broadcast, and I've said it um, in private too. You have to be aware of the impact of your words and how they may or may not be perceived if you do not provide the proper context. And that's kind of what it seems like he is insinuating that, Hey, look, I was not in any way, you know, attacking Dion or his upbringing or his, or, you know, his mother or, or anything about him from a character standpoint, I was more or less just talking to my guys about how I like to do things and what I expect them to do when they're kind of conduct. And, but you know what, that may be true. But the fact of the matter is, Dion is the biggest story in sports right now. Mm-hmm. This was a rivalry game. Dion wears glasses. He wears a hat. You're conducting, and he does his press conferences in that. And you're coming on, and you're saying, "I don't care how they perceive me in Boulder; they're going to be mad at me anyway." But I tell my kids, it's an easy, easy, easy connection to make to say, "Well, what you're saying is <laughs> he." is whatever, 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 in terms of how he was brought up. that You have to be more aware than that. And you have to be aware of the fact that when African-Americans talk that way and insinuate those kind of things and kind of advance those kind of stereotypical thoughts about people, and you're doing it about your someone, one of your own, so to speak, mm-hmm. what do you think that that's going to add fuel in a way that is you know, of a, of a infinite magnitude to the people who are already predisposed to having those kind of stereotypical thoughts about you and people like me in the first place. And then when you do that, 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 like I said, that really disappointed me because you have to have more awareness than that, man. You have to be careful and choose your, choose your world words carefully. And in this case, choose how you're going to motivate your team more intelligently don't don't go there with that and not provide context because you just opened the door for a whole bunch of bs and you saw how it escalated i mean his team colorado was hot right from the get-go and nationally there were people who were pissed off about that and rightfully so 
And then I was we, one of them. And then we saw the game as well. Um, Lewis Riddick here on the Rich Eisen Show. X's and O's it for me then. You know, obviously Travis Hunter out. Oregon this week. Yeah. USC after that. I mean, h- how far do you think Dion's team is going to go here? Uh, obviously, they're going to be bowl eligible. I think we can already assume that right now. Yeah. Barring anything unforeseen. And certainly with the mm-hmm. way that Shador is playing. Uh, and all due respect to Shiloh, where he apparently isn't his father's children's ranking. <laughs> Um, you know, (laughs) you know, like they, they got some, they have some players here, Lewis, what are you seeing X's and O's here? Yeah, they are. I think they're built in a way that over the long haul, it's going to get them maybe exposed against better competition. Meaning this, they're kind of built outside in instead of inside out. Mm -hmm. The best players are on the perimeter, on the periphery and down the middle is where it, Look, he, he'll he'll honestly tell you, look, is where they need more help. They need more fortification, meaning the offensive line, defensive line, pass rushers. And I think once you get to the heavyweights in terms of the competition, that's where he could run into some trouble. His team could run into some trouble where guys are built stronger. They're bigger, stronger, faster up front on both lines in particular, both lines of scrimmage. So I think that's where we'll see a test this week, obviously with Oregon. Um when you when you get to USC, it's going to be about you know which defense, and really it's going to be about maybe which offense has the ball last, <laughs> all right? Because they can both go up and down the field. Although missing Travis is going to be a big time thing, but okay, I think he he understands that as he told us, quote unquote, he said, "I'm about six or seven dogs away from actually really doing this thing the way I want to do it." Mm-hmm. And I, and he said, "Look, I need about two or three more offensive linemen. I need a couple more pass rushers. I need, need me another corner. Heck, he may need another quarterback if his if his if his son leaves this year." So he understands where they're at. His expectation is always to be in it to compete to the very end, and his team's going to play that way. And he showed that. But I think he also knows we ain't quite there yet. And so, of course, there are going to be people who are sitting on the outside, rich, just waiting to tear them down when they lose. But I don't think. He expects to win realistically every game, but he expects to compete every game. Sure. And um, I think, you know, as long as Shador is healthy and enough of the wide receiver court is healthy and they have some good players in the secondary who, as you can see, can make plays on the ball, they'll be in it. Their, their competitive character on that football team is just too good for them not to be. I'm sure there are many people who thought, you know, halfway, three-quarters of the way through that football game the other night, they were sitting. There were people who had a story already written and were ready to push send about the death of Colorado football, losing to Colorado State, mm-hmm. and they came back and bam. So there's going to still be people waiting, but I don't think he has any unrealistic expectations relative to where he thinks they still need to make this team stronger. But damn, is it fun to watch them play? It's because of the speed they have, the style in which they do it. And the style that their coach brings to the table, man, it, it's it's unlike anything we've ever seen. The Rock said it's disruptive, that Dion is a disruptor. And there, there's every person – you know how many people are watching college football now who had no interest in watching college football before no at doubt. all? Lewis. At, at all. Lewis, Lewis, you were in the booth of a Monday night football game last night, week two, mm-hmm. Carolina – putting their first overall pick and Heisman Trophy winner and Bryce Young out there against the Saints, who improved to 2-0. and And yeah. we're talking about Colorado versus Colorado State, and not a single person will bat their eye at us spending 15 minutes chopping up that game first the way that we have. And yeah. that is the prime effect. Also, I loved Mark Jones pointing out that uh, the ultimate prime effect is – offset being interviewed while offsetting penalties are happening you know like that that <laughs> happened in your broadcast you know what i mean like i'm loving yeah. this i am here for it i'm here for <laughs> all of it i mean you and me both i i when we were down on the field rich free game mark and i were standing there and quentin kesnick was there and there were some other people from espn around and and i was like there is a football game going on right <laughs> right we are going to play a game right yeah because there was like this electricity in the air, like it was like I, I, I can't quite understand it. Like you were like hanging out at a red carpet slash big time award show where you're going, oh yeah, there's the Rock. Oh yeah, there's Master P. Oh, Lil Wayne's coming up, and and everybody's just kind of looking around and there's phones <laughs> and it's and it's real crowded and there's just like this and the music, 
the music, they have the best sound system out. I don't know what Dion, I don't know if he asked them to improve the sound system. Oh, I'm sure he did. I've been sitting there like you naturally standing out oh, there yeah. had to go like this. We were like, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know? I'm sure he did. Then, I'm sure he did. And then Lewis. he comes out. Yeah. Right. So some of his players are out warming up and the team's starting to trickle out. And you just hear this groundswell of this, ooh, like this. And you know somebody's coming. So people are looking around like, and, and then you just hear people going, Prime's coming, Prime's coming. And he comes out of the tunnel, and he's just taking a lap around the field just to walk. But he's got five security guards. There's cameras. There's there's this megaphone. And then all of a sudden he walks down, you know, and I talked to him for a quick second, and, and then he kept moving. And the student section is already jam-packed. <laughs> And he walks over there, and these kids are like, it's like it's third and six with the game on the line. That's how loud these kids were. And then you hear them just break out into this chant, Deion Sanders, Deion And it's just, it's nuts. I love it. And I had goosebumps. I have goosebumps telling you this story. I love it. And imagine it what it would be. out of control. Imagine what it would be if 4-0 going in against USC. I've got uh, Lewis Riddick here. Before I let you go, uh, obviously, yeah. let's let's talk about that Monday night game that you called. What did you learn eyeballing uh, Saints-Panthers by uh, in that booth on Monday night? Yeah. Um, well, starting with the with the Panthers, everyone's, everyone wants to know what, you know what the story is with Bryce. Bryce Young just needs help. They don't have wide receivers that can separate. The offensive line's a work in progress. They're just not explosive enough on offense, and he's not ready to be the guy who can make up for what they don't have. He's not ready for that yet because he's still trying to find his way, and Frank Reich and that tremendous coaching staff down there, they're trying to guide him through that. They played real good defense last night. I can tell you this, Jiro Evero, their defensive coordinator, who was with Denver last year. He's yes. a rock star future head coach in the making. He can scheme it up and teach it against anybody. And he kept them in the game as long as he could yep. from a defensive standpoint. But the Saints, the Saints have what could potentially be a, I, you know, when I say historic, like that, that sounds a little hyperbolic, but look, the Mario Davis thinks that they could be a historic quality defense. Mm-hmm. They, and I can see why. They have pass rushers. They have guys who can stop the run. He's a perennial all-pro. Pete Warner is a burgeoning all-pro. Marshawn Lattimore is already an all-pro. Tyron Matthews is like, you know, the brains behind the whole operation back there. They, they just have ballers everywhere. And Derek Carr right now, as soon as he gets on the same page on a consistent basis with this wide receiver court and Alvin Kamara comes back, they'll be able to hang points on anybody because they're explosive as hell. So that's a team that right now is finding its way and still racking up wins. They're going to be there in the end. They should win their division. First time and in the a player in the, in the playoffs. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So first time in the since the the South has been established in the NFC that there's three two and O teams. If yeah. I'm not mistaken, are you are you calling Eagles and Bucks next week too, Lewis? Are you on no, that one? Uh, no, we have. Okay. We have next week, um, we have the Rams at the Bengals. Okay, so you're doing that one. Gotcha. Yeah. So, okay, so who do you who do you have? Do you think the Saints can win that division? You, you have the, Absolutely. Okay. I, I don't see why they shouldn't. Look, I, I mean, I love the Bucs. I love Todd Bowles. You, I mean, everyone knows that. But the, the Saints are the Saints are loaded, man. They, they really are. And like I said, when Kamara gets back, you know, he is going to, him along with Tony Jones, who wound up running the football last night pretty darn well late in the game, and Taysom Hill, who's – who's a heck of a Swiss Army knife, they've got pretty much everything you need to contend at the very highest level. At the very highest level. So I'm really high on New Orleans, for sure. Okay. Well, I appreciate the time, man. What a life you're leading right now, Lewis. Just you're, oh. you're, Honestly, one one week one week you got Dion and Lil Wayne. Next week you got Puka Nakua. You know, I mean, you're, I mean, let's it's go. It's not too bad. Let's go. It's not too bad. It's great. The, the, it's, it's, the live events, you know how they are. The live events... It doesn't get any better than that. Well, you're awesome, man. And I appreciate you uh, coming on in short notice uh, after a very busy weekend. Great stuff. Great job. Let's do this again more often, Lewis, as you know. All right. You got it. That's Lewis Riddick of the Worldwide Leader in Sports. What a great story about being on the field before Colorado, Colorado State, and you just feel the energy. How many schools do you think are kicking themselves that they didn't hire Dion? Uh, all multiple, them. right? Multiple. I also loved, loved, <laughs> Arkansas, loved sure. the way Riddick broke down the reasons 
without saying the reasons why some people don't like Deion Sanders, like he just became Deion Sanders two weeks ago. The dude created a character, I'm sure, in his bedroom as a teenager in the mid-80s that has playing itself out right now. And I know I'm being naive, TJ, but maybe the naivete is from, you know, hoping out of the best of others, number one. But number two, just knowing Dion myself and knowing him, it's just like how many people are just going to think he's all about himself because of the way he comes across, because of the flash, as you put it, and the sunglasses and the hats. It's just like, have we not learned yet? Did you Apparently did you not, not learn what it takes? Did you think he did both baseball and football because it made him famous? <laughs> or did he do it because it was hard work that challenged him and he wanted to prove to people that he could do it? Right. Do you think he did must be the money because he wanted to be famous or he knew that that would actually cash in on the hard work? And he knew that the hard work was necessary so he could do Saturday Night Live and must be the money and all the commercials. Honestly. Yep. Uh, so so to me, it's just the oldest story in the book that keeps being repeated for Dion and on Dion. And and I, I it mystifies me, but he just keeps on keeping on. Let's take a break because we're late to break. Great chat with... Lewis Riddick. When we come back, my top five performers of week two presented uh, by our special guests. You'll see, you'll see our sponsor in a minute. Um, top five performers of week two and your phone calls, 844-204-RICH. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Your dad, Steve Jordan, played 13 years mm -hmm. for the Minnesota Vikings. What's your first football memory? Um, it's not a good memory. I mean, it was like being, it had to been like an away game because we were out in the cold. Um, and it was a lot of whining going on, probably from our way to our, uh, mm. to our godfather. Um, about getting hot dogs or something silly. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, after the game, we had gone to the car and the car, like, locks had frozen. So huh. we were sort of stuck outside of... What would that be like? Green Bay could it have been. That's what I'm saying. It could've had, had been. been. It had been somewhere else. So you probably call it. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, it had been a frozen, frozen tundra. Okay. So when did you see when we were growing up? Like I want to. I want to play football like my dad. Did you see that? Um, no, on? no. Okay. I grew up trying to play basketball like Allen Iverson. You know, like everybody else growing <laughs> up, right? Huh. Um, and then something about these these wide shoulders and uh, my body There's nothing Iverson frame. about it at all. There was nothing point guardish about this. Um, and uh, uh, you know. My dad, my dad jokes about it now, but he was that he was that dad. He was like, I hate to be that that father just to make you play football. And then as he dropped me off, and you know, in my mind, he drove off and never looked back. <laughs> as I as I sat there with these shoulder pads, um, you know, it, he was clearly right. Right. And so, did you try to be a tight end like your dad? Or? Of course not. Of course not. I tried to fight him on every level. You know, I was like, I don't want to play offense at all. Um, 
I tried, you know, probably playing linebacker. That was not my wave. Um, I, I ended up being an offensive tackle, and then I made myself a defensive end once I got to, like, my junior year in high school. Okay. Because the, the, the story that I heard is that your dad uh, asked oh. you if you wanted to play tight end, and your response as a child was what? Was was no thank you, sir. Yeah, or I, something like wow. Father, I, I love you. I adore you dearly, <laughs> but I have to decline this notion. No, he said, why would I want people to hit me when I can be the one delivering the hit? That would make perfect sense. That would make perfect sense. <laughs> YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for all of our interviews. Back here on our show on the Roku channel. I'm on the Rich Eisen Show radio network, don't you know? Sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Uh, I, I need to see. Hold on. Let me pop this one out because it's a very different name. Um, who's on line one right now? I've got my... Uh, Bla- okay, uh, Blazing Caucasian <laughs> in Baltimore. Is All that right. for real? Adam told me about that. Is that for real? Good, Rich. Big fan here. Okay, what's going on? Uh, I just wanted to um, touch on my Ravens for a minute. Yep. Um, we have a, a depleted offensive line, and uh, and and this past week, Lamar. Well, I call him Mr. Jackson because he's nasty. Um, <laughs> He, he he saw the least pressure since he's since he's been a pro. Um, nobody really talks about the linemen a whole lot. We had a whole bunch of guys out. Um, the last few years, I feel like I've been in the bizarro world with the Bengals being great. Um, you know, Burrow's a good guy. He's a monster. Yep. But I remember us having the real Joe Cool that's got the ring and the MVP. <laughs> Flacco, uh, huh? Yeah. Okay. Okay, you're feeling it. This week, you're feeling it. I think this week we ought to call him Pickles because we left homeboy jarred. Well, okay, look at that. That's certainly blazing. A blazing take right there. Thank you for the call, sir. The Ravens. You know, in the same way that I keep saying that the Saints are a team that's consistently good, that we're, we're, we don't talk about their defense, the Ravens might be the team – outside of the Titans that are consistently good that just don't get discussed very much. The one year that they really did is because Lamar was the MVP, and the question is, is how is this offense going to grow? Odell got banged up. J.K. Dobbins already out. The offensive line is already banged up. What's going on? It doesn't matter. They keep winning. Secondary banged up. Marlon Humphrey. They keep winning. And let's just... I know we came into the season thinking, who's going to be the team that goes undefeated the longest, right? Didn't we have that conversation? We did. We, did. we were wondering we had that, that conversation. Yeah. And I'm t- you take a look at the teams in the NFC that are 2-0, and and we could take a look at, the will, with all due respect to everyone, the top tier, the ones that came in with Super Bowl aspirations and a lot of Super Bowl buzz, right? Mm-hmm. You look at the Niners, take a look at their schedule. They've got a, they're, fir- they're already 2-0. And they're, they've got a short week home game against the Giants without Saquon, we think. Then they're home against Arizona. Then you take a look at their Sunday night game against Dallas. And the two of them together, somebody's losing that one. Right. Unless they tie. And if they get through it at Cleveland, laugh all you want. I mean, Cleveland... I. I I mean, if they had Chubb, I'd feel a little bit better, but you never know what they're going to do. It's a tough place to play. I mean, at Jacksonville, we saw that the Chiefs escaped, if you will. We got two games against Seattle at Philadelphia, but that's late in the season. They're, they're a candidate. Whoever wins week five, I think, is maybe one of the best candidates to move forward as the longest undefeated team. Because Dallas has got a visit to Arizona this weekend, home for New England. Then that game at San Francisco. They're here against the Chargers on a Monday night that TJ's going to love watching at home. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to go, go to that one. They're well, home against the Rams. Then at Philadelphia week nine. So if they get past week five, right, they might have a shot at going undefeated longer. You never know what happens here with the Chargers. I do. Who, by the way, put up a gajillion points with no turnovers, and they're still over 0-2. There are some crazy Chargers. Take a look at Philadelphia. The Philadelphia's got... A visit to Tampa coming up on Monday night. They're surprisingly 2-0. and And then you got the Commanders, man, at home in week four. 
And I'll tell you what, the commanders are professional hangers of the first loss of your season on teams. Hmm. If I'm not mistaken, they were the ones who handed Philadelphia its first loss Correct. last year. Correct. They're the ones who handed the Steelers their first loss when Alex Smith was the commander's quarterback. Right? Philadelphia has got Washington. Then they're out here against the Rams at the Jets. I mean, it just it's, it's just depresses me to think Rich, what it could have been. The sneakiest. Home the, from Miami. The New Orleans Saints could be 7-0 and going to Minnesota. They're just, I don't know, man. Uh, they could easily, or they could lose at Green Bay this coming they week, could. weekend. They could. They could. They've given up one touchdown in the first two games. Let me give you a sneaky one. Defense is playing well. May I give you a sneaky one? The way we started this conversation, the Baltimore Ravens. Let's give you that. Because in, in terms of, l- let's just say le- longest in the AFC. Because you got the Ravens at 2-0, and right? And you got the Dolphins at 2-0. and But just look at the Ravens. They're home for Indianapolis this week. They're at Cleveland. By the way, if they could emerge 4-0 with two wins in division on the road already in the books before they visit Pittsburgh, they could go, what if they go 5-0? and They're 3-0 in division with all the games on the road in division. Lock it up. Lock up the AFC Now, those are some very difficult games for them to win. I'm calling that week six game in Tottenham in London against Tennessee. Home for Detroit, at Arizona, home for Seattle, home for Cleveland, home for Cincinnati. I mean... These are all 100% for the Baltimore Ravens if Lamar is healthy and the rest of the defense and the rest of the team can't take too many more injuries. Unfortunately for them, that, that, that buy that could get them healthier faster is not till weak Baker's dozen, man. But why not the Ravens just going undefeated the longest this year? We've had crazier things happen. Crazier things have happened. Wasn't Arizona two years ago the last oh, undefeated yeah. team? I mean, right until Rodgers yeah. went in without any of his receivers. Right? Didn't he? Wasn't that the night? Who the hell knows? Or yeah, where he didn't have anybody. Let's see. And they went in and they well, and, and he beat this. him on a on a where where there was some weird play where where Kyler didn't hook up with AJ Green in the corner. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Remember yeah. that one? Where, where that miscommunication? Yeah. yeah. And the Cardinals have not been the same since. They, they, were, they were seven and zero, and Green Bay came in week eight. I don't know why I remember twenty twenty one. Well done. Right, Rodgers didn't have like Adams was out, everyone was out. He had nobody. He didn't have a left tackle, right? And they're going to come and destroy the Packers. And then Rodgers is like, "Oh yeah, by the way, I'm Aaron Rodgers." Randall Cobb had two touchdowns. Yeah, man. Yeah. Stranger things have happened. Mm-hmm. Why not the Ravens? I, I, I don't know. They're 2-0. and And against Houston and at, you know, Cincinnati, that's, that's a great win. That is a great win. I don't care that the Bengals are 0-2. They still have a ton of talented players. A ton of them. Odell goes out and they still won that game? That is a Stones win that nobody's talking about because everybody's talking about Burroughs' calf. And that game was not really as close a, as the three points. I don't think so either, but yeah. All right, let's take a break. Dion has uh, had a press conference, and it does appear that he is uh, doing once again the right thing and pushing the right buttons. That's coming up. Eight four four two zero four. Rich number to dial. Your phone calls as well to wrap up this Tuesday show. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind the scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. All right, settings. Oh, yeah. phone. 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 Yes. Voice, uh, the, the respond to text. Respond yeah. with text. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you can, you can custom. They're there oh. already. Yeah. Oh, I can do that. Yeah, yeah you can so, custom. So I'm taking out, I'm on my I'm on my way yep, that, that. to, give me one sec, 
right? Give me one sec, sure. Well, one second. You need By to the say, way, give me a couple minutes. Give, don't, me, a, give me a minute. Don't, give me a minute. No, no, not give me. Give me one sec. No, because that okay. means you call me right back. Done. Okay, I've done that. So, by the way, just a note to our friends at Roku and the Roku channel. We do not have plans to make a new segment. Rich changes settings on his phone. Why <laughs> not? Exactly. It's relatable. That's, that, but that's, I think we that might be relatable, but I don't people think like this it. is content. I don't no, think it's how content. How can you say that? You I just wanted right want to talk about my first class problem of like, you know, Susie calls and I'm on the phone and she knows I can't answer because it's a business call or something. I can't just say, can I call you later to my wife, you my know, wife. or I'm on the phone with Susie wow. and my agent calls. I can't be like, you know, sorry, I can't talk right now because you can, clearly, you know, polite, I, I would, but I don't, I, I want to, clearly I want to talk to my agent. You should say, hello, agent and team. I will get right back to you. <laughs> yes. You can put that as your third one. See, that's what I'm saying. People. I'm building agent, my empire. Exactly. I'm These building don't empire. suit me is what I'm saying. Can I call you later? <laughs> building an empire. Because I can't say that to Susie. Yeah, have one of them just be like, sorry, I'm building an I'm empire. I'm building an empire. Yeah, exactly. Well, I changed mine. I sent them in the back. But sorry, look, I'm building an these empire. These are things people can relate to, right? Yeah. You can't relate people. to being uh, uh, a 6'5", 300 I understand that. Player. I understand that. But having it, like, we don't need a whole segment. Rich messes with his phone settings. I don't well, know. We pop now. the video up, it'll do huh? it. This yeah, is our second of the day, though, yeah. on this. So. This is uh, Phone yeah, Settings yeah. Plus. By the way, you're so. not wrong. So we're piloting a new segment. <laughs> phone Settings Plus. All right, I've now done it. This is great. I'll tell you how it works. No, I'm going to call you. No, no don't call me. Send me. I don't the... want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't want to talk to you, Back jerky. here on our show. I don't need to talk to you. I don't need to talk to you, <laughs> jerky. Guy. I think you should screen grab them and, and, and tweet it out and see ah, what people that's think. That's what I'm going to put in. I screen grab mine and I send it to Hoskins. Right. We should all change them and pop them up. Gentlemen, I need silence, please. I have a list. What? It's a top five list. Hey, Top five performers of week two presented by T-Mobile. Hey. Yes. High five. One, two, three, four, five. Rich's top five. Thank you. Top five performers of week number two. And let's start with energy. Let's start with a burst of energy and life. Let's start with Puka Nakua for a second straight week. Puka Bratsi? Puka Doncic. Puka Doncic? I like that. Nakua Matata? Again, it looks like you spelled out Cooper Cup on a Scrabble board and a 10-year-old came in and just flipped the board in the air and it landed. Puka Nakua. Great name. You mean that system-wide receiver? Triple word score. For who? For, for, well, it's a double word score for the Rams. <laughs> this guy followed up his 10 catches for 119 yards and 15 target performance in Seattle with an NFL rookie single game record 15 receptions on 147 yards and 20 targets against the 49ers. The 49ers! One of the arguably best defenses in the National Football League, Puka Nakua. Pardon, Puka Doncic. <laughs> has 25 catches in his first two career games in the National Football League. You know who's done that before? Nobody. No one. A big old full, full blue Tarski. Puka Nakua is number five on my list. Number four on the list. Everybody's focused on Tyreek Hill. Everybody's talking about Tua. Everybody's looking at Jalen Waddle. Everybody's talking about the Miami Dolphins passing game. And here comes Raheem Mostert downhill to beat the New England Patriots. Radio and Raheem. A, an 18 rush, 121 yard, two touchdown performance, including a 43 yard run that sent Chris Brockman to bed. <laughs> sure did. Rocked the Patriots to sleep. Put the Dolphins up for good. Raheem Mostert night, night. is number four on my list. Number three on my list, this kid. Boy, did he go to Denver and have himself a day for your 2-0 Washington Commanders. Number three on my top five performers of week two list is Brian Robinson Jr. Big hat himself. <laughs> Had a day. 18 rushes, 87 yards. His first multiple touchdown game of his young career. He threw in a couple of catches for 42 yards to boot. And he, at the end of this game, when they could get had to get out of Dodge... He helped take just enough time off for Russell Wilson to put one last scare in him with a Hail Mary. But Brian Robinson Jr. is a large reason why the Washington Commanders 
are 2-0 for the first time since 2012. Number two on my list. This guy started the game off for his team in a way that they desperately needed it. No better way to turn the page on a 30-7 home week one loss that you've been sitting on for eight days. Quite like a pick six on the first snap of the game as Alex Highsmith provided his Pittsburgh Steelers team that looked like they were in trouble, staring an Owen to start directly in the face when he comes around the edge and sees Deshaun Watson and knocks the ball loose for TJ Watt to pick up and take to the house. Alex Highsmith, what a night for him in Western PA when his team needed it the most. That is the second best, in my mind, performance of the week of week two. Number one on this list. Boy, when you need a comeback after you absolutely spit the bit in game one at home in a shocking loss. Absolutely, I would think one of the most shocking uh, week one home losses we've seen this year. You turn to your comeback player of the year and you say, Geno Smith, you go get the Detroit Lions. And he did it again for Seattle. When Seattle is going to Detroit and everybody thinks this is Detroit's year, including yours truly, and the Lions did what they did to the Chiefs and they come home. Geno Smith started that game with a 12-play, 75-yard opening touchdown drive. He hit nine different receivers, including Tyler Lockett, who he hit for the go-ahead touchdown in the fourth quarter and the walk-off game-winning touchdown in overtime. 32 of 41, 328 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Exactly what the Seahawks needed. Just when you thought it would be an outlier last year, Geno Smith showed up in Detroit and did what he did. He is my top performer of week two here on this Rich Eisen Show edition. Okay, I'll give you one more. All right, we'll get one more. Thanks for getting my mic. I thought you were focused on something else. You weren't going to hit that drop. Okay. <laughs> Come on. All right. <laughs> um, with all due respect to uh, DeAndre Swift, right? Big, or, big running day. A big running Last day. Last Thursday. I'm going to go with the most recent one that we saw. And I'm going to go with Jerome Ford of the Browns. Ooh. What this kid did on Monday night when uh, the team watched Nick Chubb go down and he comes off the bench He's got pop. He's got burst. He had a 69-yard run. This looked like it was going Pittsburgh's way that the Browns would not be able to come out of the depths of watching Nick Chubb have his knee blown up on national television and carted off. He came up with a huge run, and he had a 100-yard game. 16 carries, 106 yards. He also had a touchdown receiving on a 25-yard night off of three catches. And this is the kid that they're going to rely on, I would imagine, for this week. Because uh, whoever they might sign off the the street at the crib right now is not going to be the main rock toter. And he looked, he really? looked the part. He looked ready. And you can't expect that of a young kid uh, like Jerome Ford, despite his pedigree of Alabama by way of Cincinnati. I thought he was terrific. And I think the, the Browns are going to put their... Uh, their eggs in his basket and see how it works. And if it doesn't work, then maybe they'll go down the road with Jonathan Taylor. Who knows? I don't know. All I know is he is my one more. And that was my top five standout performances of week two presented by T-Mobile. Take charge of your phone upgrades now with T-Mobile. Jimmy in San Antonio. Let's take his phone call to wrap things. What's up, Jimmy? Jimmy. What's up, Jimmy? What up? Hey, with that brand new Coach Tomlin drop, maybe you can use it after you win an Emmy, huh? Oh, you're not going to apologize for winning, correct? <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. Appreciate yes, that. Del Tufo, you nailed it. Awesome. Good going, Jimmy. What would you expect? I, well, I didn't expect uh, you to nail it. Well, that's that's don't sure. ask questions you don't want to know the answer Emmy, to. So. You're not going to apologize for winning. <laughs> okay. Oh, Mr. Boat Owner and Mr. Wow. Emmy Owner. Okay. What do you got? Wow. What do you got, Jimmy? Jimmy. Okay. Um, so Amy Trask, my crush, is in the building. They're doing she the is? podcast today. Is that true? That is correct. Yeah, she right. is currently in the green room with Susie and coordinating producer Don Bowie. What the football with Ian Rappaport coming your way later on Tuesday. And Rap Sheet's got all the info, as you know. So that's coming. I have I have an RES consulting idea. Mm. It's another podcast to add to the empire. Thank you. <laughs> it would be mm. me, Terzo, and Kathy, and it's called who the phone are you? Nah. And we'll have a segment with Jeff, 
and Alan Dallas called for clicks and giggles. Okay. Wow. I like it. I mean, Jimmy. Jimmy. I love that. We're just missing Jeff in Detroit, and that's no, it. He said, he said, he said it. it. Yeah. Oh, Jeff and Al. Jeff and Al, Jeff and Al, Al called call clicks, clicks and giggles. Yeah, clicks and giggles. I heard and, Terzo and okay. Kathy and him. And Very him good, Jimmy. Very well done. Out of boy. I like that, Jimmy. Well done. Okay. Very good. Thank you, Jimmy in San Antonio. Very good. I appreciate all that. Excellent. I love how we've been burying the lead with the Empire story. No, 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 that's all right. We'll finish up. Dion pressing all the right buttons. This kid who knocked Travis Hunter out of the game with a very dirty hit. There's no other way to describe it. Henry Blackburn, uh, terrible hit. Thought he should have been ejected. Thought there should be some sort of repercussion off the field uh, in terms of a suspension. Not death threats. That is absurd. Come that on. is stupid. That is insane. He shouldn't be threatened, nor should his family. And Dion turned the temperature down on this as he should and i knew he would this is what dion said today henry blackburn is a good player who played a phenomenal game he made a tremendous uh, hit on travis on the sideline you could call it dirty you could call it he was just playing the game of football but whatever it was it does not constitute that he should be receiving death threats that that's this is still a young man trying to make it in life a guy that's trying to live his dream and hopefully graduate with honors or degree uh, committed to excellence and go to the NFL. He does not deserve a death threat over a game. At the end of the day, this is a game. Someone must win. Someone must lose. Everybody continues their life the next day. Very unfortunate. I'm saddened if there's any of our fans that's on the other side of those threats. I would hope and pray not, but that kid was just playing the best of his ability, and he made a mistake. So I forgive him. See you, um, our team forgive him. Uh, Travis is—he's forgiven him. Let's move on. But that kid does not deserve that. Love you, Dion Sanders. Unbelievable. That's his—that's exactly what he should have done. That's exactly what I knew he would do. And that's the respectful thing to do. The only thing that's confusing me is how is he respectful while wearing sunglasses and a hat? That's right, really yeah. weird to know. me. Which started much of this insanity. Started all of it. At any rate, well done. Let's all move on. Go to our separate corners and see you next Saturday. Duke it out next year between those two teams and obviously next Saturday against Oregon. And you on our Wednesday show will be wrapped back to wrap this Tuesday show in a moment.